1: The Children's Bible Journey with stories and songs just for kids. We have a dramatized Bible story coming up. So let's get today's program started by singing praises to our awesome God.
2: did not have a choice. (laughs)
3: But <laughs> me you I am happy because when I am weak
4: then I am truly strong I've been shipwrecked. I've
3: been shipwrecked
4: been in prison.
3: Been in prison but
4: I keep walking
3: and I keep talking I've been beaten
4: Hit with stones But I keep walking And I keep talking I've been hungry And I've been thirsty But I keep walking And I keep walking And I keep talking God is great And I am small Jesus
5: is Lord
3: My name is Paul
4: In and
3: been in
0: rivers, been with robbers,
3: but I keep walking, and I keep talking, and I keep talking.
0: I've been cold, without clothes,
3: but
6: I keep walking,
3: and I keep talking. I've worked hard, hard without sleep, but I keep walking, and I keep talking, how
5: God is great, and I am small. Jesus is Lord, Lord.
3: my name is Paul, Paul.
5: Jesus is Lord, Lord.
3: My my name is Paul,
4: and I am happy because when I am weak, then I am truly strong.
1: Jesus sure makes your heart feel happy. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound.
6: Read the report of the shepherds from Bethlehem, how they were visited by angels and later saw, actually saw, a baby they claimed to be the newborn Messiah? Yes, sir. What think you of this report? Oh, it could well be true, sir. It could not be true. The promised Messiah is to deliver Israel from Roman oppression, reestablish and occupy the throne of David. This this baby, born in Bethlehem, was born of poor parents in a stable, the lowest of the low. He cannot be the Messiah. It is impossible. Oh, what is all that commotion in the temple court? I shall investigate and find out, sir. Well, just stop it. Get rid of the ones who are causing it. I wish quiet so I can study. Yes, sir. Uh, uh the very idea the messiahs being born of a poor family in a stable ridiculous the messiah shall be born of high station and shall conquer the world and rule israel with a
0: oh, I don't they mind?
6: Mind? the excitement
5: outside sir is caused by men from the east parthians i believe i told you to get rid of them but well, they wouldn't leave sir wanted to see you why do they wish to see me well, something about bright lights in the sky An unusual moving star. Well, they claim they know the baby Messiah is here, and they insist on seeing him. The
6: Messiah here? (laughs) I'll put a stop to that rumor at once. Show the men in, and... uh, Oh, scribe, we must be firm in our denunciation of this newborn Messiah rumor. True or not, it must be stopped for the sake of the priesthood. I understand, sir the high priest will see you this way please Uh, welcome to Jerusalem and the temple ye men of the east greetings and salutations as
5: chief priest, you will certainly be able to tell us where the Messiah is. He is here, somewhere. The star led us here. The star? What star? In our own country, we saw a bright light lighten up the western skies. Then we made extensive study, both of our own literature and yours, to discover, if possible, what the bright light was. Then we saw the star. Only it wasn't really a star or a planet. Just a bright light resembling a star in the heavens. Yes, and we followed the star, and it led us here. Followed the star, Empire? Oh, not with this star. It moved. It led us here to Jerusalem. It stopped and stood still above this temple. Yes, that's why we're here. Even so, what makes you think the star led you to the Messiah? Mm, Prophecy points to it. We expected to find Jerusalem full of excitement and joy over the newborn king. But no one, not even you, seems to know
6: anything about a Messiah. We insist on seeing him and worshiping him. Just one minute. You are strangers from a distant land, yet you come here insisting that we jump at your demands. Well, I, the high priest, am the appointed guardian of the holy oracles, and the scribes are the interpreters of those oracles. And we tell you definitely that the Messiah is not here. Yes, but he has not but been born. Do you understand? But your own writers,
5: Moses, Isaiah, Malachi, Daniel, and others, all point I to I have fact had that
6: enough of your insolence. Be gone. Now.
7: The wise men from the east had entered Jerusalem full of joy and eager anticipation, confident that the Messiah's birth would be the joyful burden of every tongue. They leave the presence of the priests, disappointed by the indifference of the Israelite leaders towards the coming of the Messiah. The arrival of the wise men from the east was quickly noised throughout Jerusalem. Their strange errand created an excitement among the people. The news of these things quickly penetrated to the palace of King Herod.
4: You are my chief counsellor, are you not? I am happy to serve Herod, king of Judea. The spilling of much blood has stained the way to this throne. I am an Edomite, ruler over Israelites. They hate me. I am secure on this throne only because of the favour of Rome. Now... These magi from the east and the priests and the rulers of Israel plot to overthrow me. They claim a new prince has been born. A prince born to the throne and the kingdom. My
6: king speaks
4: words of truth and wisdom. We must stop it. Not by open accusation or warfare, no, but by superior cunning. They shall remain ignorant of the fact that I know of their plot. Mm. Summon the priests and scribes to an audience at once. Why are you trying to conceal the truth of this new prince you claim is born to the throne? You have searched your scriptures carefully, and you know where this new prince is born.
6: I command you, tell me. Uh, it, uh, it is written in the prophecies of Micah, O king, that he shall be born in Bethlehem of Judea. But thou, Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be the ruler in Israel. Be gone, all of you, No.
4: And lackey, summon the magi from the east, I would talk to them. Be quick about it ere they leave Jerusalem.
7: A wild tempest of anger raged within the heart of King Herod. But he preserved a calm exterior and received the wise men from the east with royal courtesy. He professed to hail with joy the innovation of the birth of Christ.
4: He bade his visitors... Search diligently for the young child. And when you found him, bring me word that I may come and worship him also. We will, your majesty. You are dismissed. Go quickly to Bethlehem and find this new prince.
7: The wise men departed alone from Jerusalem. The shadows of night were falling as they left the gates. But to their great joy, they again saw... Ah, the star! There it is, the same star
5: that led us here to Jerusalem. It shall lead us to the young Messiah. Oh, joy to the world! The star hovers over that house, the little one. It's a poor home. you think it... Is it possible that the Messiah destined to be king of Israel should be living under such poverty? Why not? Heaven counts wealth not by worldly possessions, but by the possessions of inward qualities. you have enough faith to knock on that door believing that inside will be the young Messiah? I know he will be there. Don't you? Yes, I do. Come then, let us see and reverence the King of Kings, Christ the Saviour. Let us bow down and worship the desire of the ages, the Son of God. Glory to the highest. We are about to be all the same.
1: We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to add these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at one eight hundred six three four zero two three four. 634 234 That's one eight hundred six three four zero two three four. 634 234 Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye.
8: Have you ever seen so many cereal boxes before? There are a bunch of them. Some with pictures of animals, some with bowls of fruit and milk, and some with cartoon characters. How are we supposed to pick one for our camping trip? Is there one with a picture of a tent on it? (laughs) Let's see. What did the nurse tell us last week in school? She said if a snake bites you, don't suck out the poison? No, before that. She said that we should only buy food that has a very short list of ingredients on the package. And she said, don't buy cereal that's loaded with sugar. Okay, we know that ingredients are listed in order. The First item that's in here is the most. So here's a cool box. Let's see, first item, sugar. This one too, sugar right at the top. And this one, and this one. She said, watch out for words like evaporated cane juice or corn syrup, or even natural sweetener. They're just different words for sugar. Hey, this one says that sugar is number three. Nope. Why? Read what comes next. There are a bunch of words I can't pronounce. The nurse said that if we can't pronounce it, our stomachs probably can't digest it. Try again. Okay, here's a cereal that has just one thing in the ingredients list. 100% whole wheat. That's all? That's all. Then that's it. Dump a little honey, fresh fruit and soy milk on there, and we're eating healthy. You sound like a commercial.
7: has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During creation week, he established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists.
9: and girls this is ms kathy i'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you chapter seven x marks the spot chris maria asked as they walked back to their yurt what do you think those words on the gravestone mean i don't know maria but who cares forget about the epi hat or whatever it's called there's a secret in that abandoned lighthouse maybe even a treasure Don't you want to find it? Yes, but I, Maria started to say. There could be gold coins or jewels, Chris interrupted. Maybe Charles Perkins found a pirate's treasure washed up on shore. We could be rich. I could get a new computer. You could get a, uh, what would you get, Maria? I don't know, Maria said, and it's crazy to even talk about it. Crazy? Why? Chris sputtered. Because if we find a treasure, it's not ours. It's John's. He's the one who told us about it. I guess you're right, mumbled Chris. So what do you want to do? Find it, exclaimed Maria. It would still be exciting. Well, it's getting too late to go back to the lighthouse today, Chris said, so let's go over all the clues we already have. We know that Charles Perkins's father was the lighthouse keeper, said Maria, and that he didn't always trust what his parents said, said Chris. Maria rolled her eyes. Sounds like you. Maybe you need to be safely placed upon the shore so you'll be changed forevermore. Chris laughed. And that's another clue. We know Charles Perkins chose what was written on his gravestone because it says my life was changed, not his life. How could he do that if he was dead, Maria asked. He told someone before he died, Chris answered. Oh, said Maria, but why is he the only Perkins buried in that graveyard? It sounds like his family moved when his father wasn't the lighthouse keeper anymore. Maybe that park ranger we were talking to would know more, Chris suggested. Maria nodded. He might. Dad called us just as he was saying something about Mr. Perkins, remember? I'd like to go back up to the graveyard and look around, said Chris. Maybe we'd see something we didn't notice before. That night, Chris couldn't go to sleep. As he lay on his bunk, looking out the round window at the top of the yurt, he kept thinking about everything that had happened that day. Thoughts of Black Panthers, Sheba, and Charles Perkins and his hidden treasure raced through his head. Why is it so hard for me to trust mom and dad, he wondered. I want to. I try to. But then I don't. I think I need to ask Jesus every day to help me. Finally, when the moon was no longer overhead, Chris fell asleep. The next morning, Chris and Maria ate big bowls of instant oatmeal for breakfast. Chris was in a hurry to ask a question. After echoes can I, he tried to say through a mouthful of mush. Chris, mom interrupted, finish swallowing your food before you talk. Gulp. Okay, I'm done, he said a few seconds later. What was I saying? Oh, after breakfast, can Maria and I go exploring again? We want to... Maria nudged Chris as a signal not to say anything about the graveyard. We want to just look around the park some more, she finished. Can I trust you to stay out of trouble? Mr. Vargas asked with a smile. I'll make sure he does, Maria replied, giving Chris a light punch on his arm. Won't I? Chris just grinned. After breakfast and cleanup, they headed along the road in the campground to the little sandy path to the graveyard. I brought some paper and a pencil to take notes in case we find more clues, said Chris as he led the way up the path. They headed right to Charles Perkins' grave. Looks like John's all finished with his cleanup job, said Maria. With the weeds and moss gone, we can see all of the gravestone. Chris ran his hand over the front of the gravestone. Here's something I hadn't noticed. He pointed to the lower right-hand corner of the stone. It's really faded, but I think it's a small carving of the lighthouse. Maria knelt to look. You're right, but it's hard to see. Didn't you bring a pencil and some paper? Chris shrugged. Yes. I need it, said Maria. What for? Maria didn't want to argue. Just give it to me and watch. Chris handed her the paper and Maria unfolded it and laid it across the carving of the lighthouse. Then she rubbed the lead of the pencil back and forth across the carving until an imprint of the lighthouse appeared on the paper. Chris stared over her shoulder. "'What are you doing?' he asked. "'Making a rubbing,' Maria explained. "'It's a way of making a copy of the gravestone without wrecking it,' said Maria. "'I read about it in a book once.' Carefully, Maria lifted up the rubbing. She and Chris began looking at it closely. There was an outline of the lighthouse and its stone foundation. Chris kept looking at the rubbing and then back at the gravestone. Finally, he spoke. "'Check this out, Maria.' All of the stones in the foundation are drawn exactly alike, except for this one. If you look closely, there's a mark or line inside this one rock. Do you see it? Maria stared at the rubbing. Then she ran her finger over the carving on the gravestone. Suddenly, she exclaimed, That's not just a mark. It's an X. Chris's eyes got big. X marks the spot. The spot where the treasure is. Let's go to the lighthouse. He was running before he finished talking. Maria was right behind him. The story you've heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 12 Mystery of the Abandoned Lighthouse, written by Suzanne Grant Perdue and Grant Perdue, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955.
3: This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church.
0: Let the children come Don't dare drive them away And then kingdom comes hear the holy foolish things they say the springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become so let the children come please let the children come
7: Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Livetalk Radio at livetalk.net